0: kind of finish up with the study on the church in Philadelphia today. I got through most of my notes, but didn't quite get it all in. So, um, you know me, I'm not in a hurry. We'll get through it and be sure that we get all we can from from Scripture. Um, but let's read a uh, Chapter 3, verses 7 through 13 again, just to kind of refresh of where we're at this morning. Verse 7. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. For thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet, and to know that I have loved thee, because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world, to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly, hold that fast which thou hast, that no man take thy crown. He that overcometh, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. He shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, which is New Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith. Under the churches. So we talked about this church in Philadelphia. They are a small church. um, Not great in numbers, but evidently great in works, I would say. Uh, We kind of extrapolate that from the, um, that thou hast little power. That's what he says. He's saying, you know what, you're, you're, you're not mighty when it comes to numbers, uh, unlike maybe some of the other churches we've read about, but it's not about the numbers. It's about what are you doing with the people you have, right? And they are um, doing the things that need to be done, and they're doing it with the right spirit. We talked about that last week. The other churches that we, that we have talked about, they may be doing the right things but with the wrong spirit for selfish reasons or to uh, get favor with society and their hearts aren't right. Where this church is doing it because they love God and they're wanting to see people saved and they're wanting to uh, use the, ministry, the ministries that they have to glorify God, not to glorify themselves, and so forth. So we kind of spent some time on verse 1, and just to kind of hit that uh, real quick, I really enjoyed it because it talked about that key of David. Remember we talked about that? And we kind of went back and we looked at what was this key of David, and that's the key that controlled, uh, in the Old Testament um, account, controlled all the finances, all the... Everything that the king would need to have to run his uh, his kingdom, they had to go to him first to access it, right? Well, Christ says, I hold the key of David. He has the key. You don't get in except through the one who has the key. I mean, that is a basic foundation of our of our faith there's one way to access god in heaven and it's through his son that's it there's no other way you can't be good enough you can't go around him through other some other fashion Um, and that's i tell you that's the thing that really Makes Christianity unique amongst all the other religions. It's because all the other religions will say, you know, there's this way, but there's also this way. Um, yeah, there's one way, and the Bible's clear on that. And just because they don't like the optics of that, maybe, they choose to come up with other ways to be able to access. I'm not real. Burst on uh, Catholicism doctrine, but they, you know, they've invented the purgatory Mm kind of way to get to heaven versus directly, even. I'm not clear on how all that works, but they've come up and there's nothing in here on purgatory or a mid place that you go. I was talking to one Catholic one time and that's exactly what he said because I was talking about, well, you know. At least I'm saved. If I die, I'm going to heaven. And he kind of pointed out. He goes, "Well, I'm trying to get there, but I, you know, I hope to not, uh, hope to be able to do some things that gets me there quicker." I think was the exact words he said. And I was like, I didn't understand it really at the time, but that's what he was referring to was purgatory. Uh, I hope to get to purgatory. So, but then I hope that my the works, and I hope the people will pray for me. To be able to access heaven once I get to purgatory, I think is how it, how it works, right? When we were in Brownsville, we lived close to a cemetery that we drove by frequently, and you would see like ten or fifteen people. Of course, it was mainly a Hispanic cemetery, trying to pray. I mean, they actually Prayed were there all day prayer. long trying to pray. Pray for the saints, so that not get out of the kind purgatory. Like a wait yeah. station, you know? Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> over they. Yeah, it's just, you know, and I'm actually, I'm reading a book right now. It kind of comes into, it's it's written, I don't know that the guy's a Christian, but he's writing the book and he's saying his thesis and his thought is, how does a religion like Christianity go from one man and twelve disciples and a small group of followers in the year 30-some AD to millions in the really short time frame of a couple thousand years. How does that happen? It's actually an interesting read. Um, and He talks about that very point at one point. When I was reading last night, he says, you know, when the religion was really growing, you had this Roman-Greek influence and they had all these gods, all these, and none of these gods, though, had a way to access heaven, to access an afterlife. That wasn't the purpose of the gods back then. The gods was to seek favor in the life here. There was no, you didn't pray to, Zeus, or to all these other gods that they had, which they had gods for everything, right? We talked about the work trades several weeks ago. None of those gods offered an afterlife. They just offered favor with finances, or favor with family, or favor with children, and that kind of stuff on this life. So Christianity came along and said, well, no, 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 there's an afterlife and to access heaven in that afterlife there's an afterlife no matter what number one heaven or hell and to access heaven you have to do it this way and people that was unique to them because none of their gods offered that so it was actually an interesting reading it just popped in my head it's not in my notes because i was reading that last night um So he talked about this key, and then I, of course, spent a lot of time talking about the phrases here, he that openeth uh, the door, and no man shutteth and shutteth, and no man openeth. And he says in verse 8, I know thy works. Behold, I have a seat before thee, an open door. and No man can shut it, for thou hast little strength, again the phrase, and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. And we talked about this open door kind of, several ideas about that, including when you accept Christ, the door, the key, opens that door for you to access heaven for eternity, and no man can shut it. It's open. There's nothing you can do to close it. There's nothing anybody else can do to close it. It's really a great picture of your eternal salvation and your your uh, eternal security which so many people doubt um, which is really a, a tragic thing but I think we're all probably guilty of that at some time or another of doubting really how can that be possible <laughs> that a God can actually forgive me for all the wickedness that as, a, as human beings, we do. And so, you know, we kind of come to doubt that. But there's picture after picture, and, and the Bible's clear on that. Uh, once saved, you're, you're, you're secure in that salvation. And then we kind of talked about that open door in the regards of mission work and opportunities. And we challenged uh, folks last week to say, what door is going to get open for you this year? That Christ is going to open for you, maybe at Central Baptist Church. We are going through our uh, stewardship month. I know um, we're going to, whether the the, uh, sheets are in the lobby this week or next week, I'm not sure. I know the head of some of the ministries are meeting tonight on that topic. But there's going to be opportunity to sign up for uh, different Oh, missions or different ways to assist the church coming up this year. You know, I, and I challenge each of you again today. Find something that you're not doing now and sign up for it. and Try, try something. It might be just as easy as, I know there's prayer chain uh, stuff. Or, you know, be a prayer warrior for, you know, decide to dedicate more of your time to prayer for those that are, uh, involved in different uh, ministries whether it's leadership or, or teaching or, or, or whatever and pray for those if, if you know you're just in a position that you're unable to uh, assist but if you're able find something that you haven't done before you haven't tried choir out but you know <laughs> join choir it's it's a lot of fun I, I, I did it for a while Um you know do uh get involved in awanas and and uh, sparks and stuff on wednesday nights um i can't do it because i don't tolerate kids <laughs> i just can't I, I i love mine and that's about my limit of kids <laughs> um matter of fact brother Allen sent me a text the other day he goes hey will you do chapel for cba in february you know no, I said yes, so pray for me. But I I, I think I said last week I challenge myself that when I get a request like that, I challenge myself every time to say yes because I feel like that's God opening a door. It's not my comfort zone. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I might start off with the uh, motivation talk we had this morning about, you know, Multiple wins just means you're closer to a failure. Maybe I'll start there. <laughs> yeah. But you know, <laughs> he asked me a couple of years ago, and I did it. It's first time he's asked me back since, so we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so pray for me, because it's not my comfort zone. It's not. Uh, but. I'm, I'm challenged by it, I, you know. I don't want to say no. So, if somebody comes to you and asks you to help out in an area, I ch- say yes. Just try saying yes. I, I, I'm in that same boat with you. I, when I can't even remember how many years I've been teaching, but when uh, the first person asked me to get involved in teaching was Brother Orville, and he said, "Hey, I'm going to be gone. Will you teach?" You have got to be kidding me. But I had already said, yeah, yeah, I'll try that. Or a pastor, after we had been here a little bit of time, he'd come down one day when we were talking before church, and he goes, hey, at the end of church, I'm going to call on you to close in service. Is that okay? <laughs> Where? Where? He goes, no, you'll come up to the pulpit. And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. I didn't hear a thing that whole service because I'm thinking about how am I going to get through this 30 second prayer at the end. But I've always challenged myself: say yes when when a door gets open. So try it sometime. Trust me, you're not any more uncomfortable than others have been the first time they've were brought up or asked to serve. So. I don't know, framing through cubbies this year. Yeah. You guys got a a crowd, right? (laughs) I used to do cubbies all the time. This year, you need prayer. I need prayer. Well, we'll pray for you then. Uh, You know, know, there are certain people that are just physically uh, can't get involved. you You just can't do things maybe like you used to. That's okay. Please pray for the ones that are, or pray for us. I need prayer for February fifteenth because I got—I don't—I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't mind teaching adults. You guys aren't that scary for me, but kids—those little things—I'm scared to death of them. I don't know why. I'll be nervous. I'll be—you know—intimidated. I can teach in the sanctuary, it really not bother me, but to a group of kids, I'm scared to death <laughs> maybe maybe i I have prior lessons I'll probably try to go through it and find something I don't know, but uh, yeah, I just don't know it's weighing heavy on me right now, just bringing it up. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's just go to prayer. And then uh, verse 9, he says, Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not, but do lie. We've seen this reference before in letters to churches. He's saying, you know, these these Jewish uh, synagogues, you you have these Jews here that... Well, they say they're Jews and but they don't they're not worshiping Christ as God when they should have seen it even when he was on this earth and they're still not seeing it and it's tragic because it was his chosen people to begin with. It always breaks my heart when I read this and um you know you it israel those are god's chosen people from from you said your your tags in genesis right there right Mm -hmm. it's always been the case it's still the case and they still reject they reject because satan has god in their head and and bible's very clear i will make them of the synagogue of satan Because they say they're Jews, but they're not. And they lie. Behold, I will make them to come and worship before thy feet. He's saying, you all are doing the right thing, you have power, even though you're a small group. Just keep doing what you're doing, and I'm going to take these people that are rejecting me now, and in the end, they're going to come to see the light. They will see, eventually they will fall to their feet and worship me. Isn't that true about all everybody? It may be too late for some, but eventually when we all meet God, you're going to fall to your fa- on your face at that moment. I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. He's saying, you're going to be recognizable amongst everybody else as my beloved as my beloved church. You guys have, through everything, through persecution, through Living in a society, even during this time, that was just so um, saturated with all these external idols, and I don't want to give the impression that while it was bad then, I think it's just as bad now, we just don't use the term idols for things that are idols for us, right? I don't worship my TV as an idol, but do I spend more time on that than i should and it it, has it become an idol i love sports i love baseball i've even kind of gotten it more into football because the lions are doing good this year 35 years i've been following them 35 and i'm waiting for a super bowl but has is that an idol we don't call them idols this year uh, nowadays back then at least they were honest enough to say, I worship this thing and I, it's an idol to me. So I don't think it's any different now than it was then. I really don't. Game's the same. That's it. If it uh, t- tears your attention from God, then it's an idol. It's an idol. And he goes on in verse 10, he says, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the world to try them that dwell upon the earth. Wow, here's a little bit of a... the Really, and we haven't seen this in the other letters, but he's kind of opening the door to what we're going to read later on in Revelation. He's saying, you guys... Or, my church, you've done everything right. I love you. And because I love you, when we get to the point that the time of temptation, that hour of temptation comes, I'm not going to put you through that. I'm not going to put you through it. We have, and we're going to be discussing that seven years of tribulation, right? It's coming. Purify the earth to turn people judgment on those who continue to reject and to give people a here. I am here, God's here, and you're going, you will see it. Matter of fact, I'm not even gonna do it secretly, I'm gonna tell you everything that's gonna happen, right? But because thou hast kept the word of my patience. I'll keep you free from that hour. The rapture, right? That's excellent um, wording right there. And they say, yeah, the word rapture is not in the Bible. It's not. And I'll use one of John Yates' uh, phrases. Is the word Bible in the Bible? <laughs> no. But I believe in the Bible, <laughs> so the Lord rapture is not in the Bible. But there's verses that give us an idea of this act of taking away the church, of bringing the church up prior to that tribulation. This is a, a, a trying time, a purification time that we don't have to go through. And isn't that a praise, God? It's going to be bad enough to this point, you know. And when we start talking about some of the bold judgments, trumpet judgments, seals, and all this, it's man, we don't. I don't want to be a part of that. So, so folks, that I mean, there's a lot of people out there that believe in a in a pre-trib uh, or a post-trib rapture. I. To me, the Bible's clear that it's pre-trib rapture. But I'm so glad for that. I'm so glad for that. He's going to take us up before that time. And he's saying, I'm going to do it because you've patiently waited. Patiently waited for me. And through that time, you continue to do my work. You don't stop. You don't stop. I mean, 2023 was an amazing year at Central Baptist Church. It just was phenomenal, wasn't it? Um, Numbers increasing. The sanctuary's full about every service. Uh, You see people baptized nearly every week. I mean, somebody's getting baptized. I've never seen a year like that. Uh, in our time here at least it was an amazing year so all right, amazing year let's high five and we're going to take it easy this year right no we're going to keep going we're going to keep going we're going to keep seeing people saved we're going to keep discipling folks we're going to keep a great children's ministry and one of the things I love about the people being saved last year you see a lot of Young kids up there getting saved—that's precious. And it's not by accident. There's a lot of hard work going on behind the scenes, um, from folks in this class and others that are working with those kids, that are being godly examples, and God's working through those people to, and seeing people saved. And but now. As good as it was, it's not a, well, we'll just just sit back and, you know, we'll, th- <laughs> we'll just admire our work from last year and we'll just take it easy. Maybe we'll make some good plans for 2025. We'll take it easy this year. I don't think pastor's going to go that route, <laughs> you know? The exciting thing is the number of baptisms we're seeing. That's right. Well, it is. You know, people are being saved, and then they're being baptized, and then we want to see them in cl- in classes um, like FBI or um, become part of good Sunday school classes and continue their discipleship. Find somebody in the church that they can that they can kind of tag up with to, to be to help uh, be discipled and and, and and learned in the faith. Um. yeah we got work to do and we're going to be patient we're waiting <laughs> on God it's in his time isn't it it's in his time what's verse 11 say behold I come quickly hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown hey, and he says I come quickly listen Creation has happened, and that was at a definite point in time, right? As we move along this line, we are getting closer and closer to the rapture. The rapture is at a definite point in time. When he says, I come quickly, we don't know when that is. Go ahead. Absolutely. And that's, a to me, a perfect... I don't know how you can take the term, Behold, I come quickly. When he comes, he's going to bring his... He's going to come down and we're going to meet him in the heavens, right? How do you take that anyway other than a pre-trib rapture? Because if it's in the middle of the seven years... If you start noticing some of the uh, tribulation events occurring, and we have this book, and we can start putting dates on things. We can say, well, he's coming in three and a half years, or he's coming in seven years. That's That's not I come quickly. I can come at any moment. I can come within a twinkling of an eye, right? You blink your eyes, he's here. Um, the only thing that makes sense biblically is a pre-trib rapture. And that can come at any point. It's a literally a knife's edge when it comes to time. That, that edge just keeps getting thinner and thinner and thinner until such point as he comes back. You know, um, we're all waiting for that point. But until that comes, we keep preparing Sunday school lessons. We keep teaching. We keep coming. We keep going to services. We keep praying for people to be saved. We keep working with our children's ministry and our uh, Bible Academy, which is just amazing. Every time I look in, it and, and see what's going on there. Um, we're looking at expanding different sections of the building. I mean, how, that is just. You know, I, Pastor, when they, it's been what, 10, 15 years maybe since you guys moved in here? Close to 15 years. He had, hmm? I thought Ron might know. About 15? The pastor thought it would be the next pastor that does a building program. There ain't no way he's going through another one. <laughs> and now here we are, right? I mean, it's just amazing the work that God's doing out here. Yeah. Gonna See, God working even in <laughs> civil government to make it so that More kids can have access to... Why wouldn't you want them to come here instead of... What's going on with the other schools? Yeah, uh, no doubt. It's just... And we're just going to keep doing those things, patiently waiting for his return. Because like Philadelphia, and I believe this church is more like Philadelphia than any of the other churches we've read about, we're busy... We're seeing people saved we're seeing them baptized we're seeing them discipled we're growing we're starting new ministries all the time i love the little man up club thing that they do now that's so priceless i grew up in a single home so you know i can relate to that of not having a dad around to show you how to do those things grandpa you know my grandfather helped me quite a bit but still Uh, so i can relate to that that's just a neat ministry um, brother Matt and the talents that he has coming here and being able to do the things that he has and Lynn. It's just phenomenal place to be and to see God working. And if you've had privilege, and I'm yeah, and I'm, I could just relate to the last 10 and I'm my mind is blown about it and to have that perspective would be even bigger even bigger because even what hartford i mean the the second part of the hartford building wasn't i mean that was an addition at one point yeah yeah so i mean it's just central baptist church is is a, is a, is not it's first off it's not an accident a lot of hard work that goes into it, right? But you can tell God's hand is on this church. Well, the three years in the theater, my gosh, we could have fallen, fallen apart during that time. And really could. We just got strong because You couldn't tell hardly if you was sitting next to you because it's dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine being a part of that. Oh. But we survived it. Yeah. We all grew. Stronger for it stronger for it and now we're just waiting for that for his return we're waiting for his return so um, this church in Philadelphia doing the right things I think it's a great example I think all these other churches and we're going to finish up over the next couple weeks with Laodicea and then move on to chapter four but these other churches um, they, there was things that you know you know the spirit of the church, the heart of the church the letting sin into the church or letting the culture into the church we got to be on guard. You can't say well 50 years I think we've got the pattern down we're okay Now we've got to constantly be moving forward praying for for Satan you think Central Baptist Church uh, eventually, do you think Satan would like to see this church um, go downhill in some way? Uh, I think we got to be careful. We got to be careful that we don't take it for granted. And then I've seen wonderful organizations fall very quickly because of something that can that can occur from within. I doubt the churches with the negative letters started on that path. That's right. Great Great point. They probably started like Philadelphia. Yep. And, so, and then, and then we, you know, we started, you know, we're doing so good. If we did... You know what? If we expanded our music ministry to do some, sighting, some lights and a little more flashy, maybe we'd get more. Maybe we'd get more people. That's how it starts. That's how it starts. But it's... We're, we, We keep it worshipful and we keep it holy. Remember those lessons from the past. Bible focused. Bible focused. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, close in prayer. Ken, do you want to release this? And then we'll go down for a worship.